disbarred, clergymen defrocked. Why aren't more dry cleaners depressed? Hi America, hello world. <laughs> I'm here all week. My name is Adrian Lee and I am your host. Welcome to the show More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you've just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you've just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests. Somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly, from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and retrobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show and we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? So without any further ado, let us embrace the darkness. Let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and she brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather has spent all week with a stopwatch trying to find out if the minutes on movie boxes include the previews, credits and special features. Welcome to the show, Heather. How did you know that? I'm psychic and you've <laughs> spent all week with a stopwatch in front of the television. Mm -hmm. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim realised this week that if people from Poland are called Poles, why aren't people from Holland called Holes? <laughs> Welcome to the show, Kim. Hello. Wasn't Poles and Holes one of the videos you were watching this week, Heather? Uh, Early use of the inappropriate you were, bell. You're psychic. I know, I was there on the money. You owe me $10. <laughs> Finally on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras than leads 
than the BBC Outside Broadcast Department. He is also our sound engineer and producer. Greg was surprised this week to find that he could in fact buy an entire set of chess pieces in a pawn shop. Welcome to the show, Greg. <laughs> I have That's to say, terrible. a big hello. It doesn't get any better than that, listeners, if you're, oh, if you're expecting God. anything better. But we come back each week, nevertheless, <laughs> in the grim hope and optimism that things will improve. I just want to say a big hello to all of our listeners on darkmatterradio.net, if you're listening there. It's fabulous to have you on board. We have listeners all over the world, of course, and I want to thank them. Um, I want to thank Maureen, actually, who twitters during our show when we're on uh, darkmatterradio.net. So a big thank you to Maureen on Twitter there, and also to Lauren in England, who sent me fabulous emails saying that she listens to the show. We also have an archive if people are interested in our previous shows, if they go to SoundCloud and do a search for MQTA Radio. All of our shows going back several years are on there for you to listen to. And I will say, I don't know if people are aware of this, but uh, we do an hour on darkmatter.net radio. But we do carry on with the show and uh, we get slightly more um, innuendo laden. As the evening goes on and the drinking increases and the banter (laughs) increases, there are parts of the show that we could not possibly broadcast live whilst we're on the air. So if you're interested, there's another 20 minutes, 25 minutes of the shows that can't go out live. But if you go to SoundCloud and search for MQTA Radio, you will find an extra 20 minutes, almost like the DVD extras, I guess. And uh, there's a round on there that's called Not For Your Mother. So if you're of a faint disposition and you're easily offended... It's risque. I would avoid listening to that, as we'll be sued, and who wants that? We are, of course, on Series 2, Episode 7. Seven's an interesting number. Did you know James Bond's secret agent number was 007? Who doesn't know that? Which is the point, because why is it called his secret agent number if everyone knows it's 007? It's like there's a place in Britain where it says, there's a signpost that says secret nuclear base. And uh, it used to be a nuclear bunker back in the 1980s where the government would go and visit if there was a nuclear war. And of course, you remember the 1980s and everyone was concerned there'd be a full thermonuclear war between Russia and America and anyone else that wanted to join in. And there's a bunker there and it doesn't, um, it's not used anymore because the threat of nuclear war is believed to have passed and it was too expensive for the upkeep. But it's just very interesting seeing science that says this way to secret nuclear bunker. You're thinking, <laughs> what if it's secret? Why is there a signpost? That was all. But 007 is very interesting. I Many years ago when I was a teacher, there was a German teacher and uh, she rented a room off of me in my house and paid rent, of course. And she had a fabulous German accent when she spoke English. And I used to get her, this was great amusement for me on a, on a cold winter's evening when there wasn't anything on the television. I'd get her to say that famous scene in Goldfinger where I would get her to say um, after me, I'd go in my best Sean Connery accent, I would say to her, I uh, hope you don't expect me to talk. And I'd get her to say, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. But she had no idea what this was. She hadn't a clue, never seen it. But she joined in and I laughed. I also got her to say, that are your papers. And she didn't understand where the papers were or what the papers meant. But uh, obviously hadn't seen Escape from Colditz. So these were the way I spent my evenings, <laughs> whiling away the hours being racist to the Germans. There are, of course, seven deadly sins, which we all know as gluttony, pride, lust, envy, um, sleepy, bashful and dock. 
There are seven continents, <laughs> but only five <laughs> Olympic rings. So two of those continents have never had a chance of securing a bronze in the triple jump, which seems a little unfair. In a regulation game of softball, you make seven innings. I don't know if you're aware of that. You played a lot of softball. Mm-hmm. You yes, was. I did. What was your position? Um, shortstop. Shortstop. Mm-hmm. Well, having seen you, I can see why. Oh. <laughs> but what I will say, if anyone's actually seen a game of softball, that's actually seven innings too long. I just want You're to talk about... You're within reach. <laughs> this is true of my bell. <laughs> There's no fiddling with the bell, I tell you. It's mine. The St. James Hotel is an interesting place. Uh, we're going to spend the weekend investigating that building. But I remember being and there... And where is it? It's in Red Wing in there Minnesota, just mm-hmm. a stone's throw away from Wisconsin. So if you want to jump over the bridge, you can see how bad the driving is. Then you can come back again if you've still got a Pick car. up some cheese curds. No stereotypes on this show. <laughs> the interesting thing about the St. James Hotel is back in the day, in the late 19th century, it was actually excavated. And when they excavated the basement of that hotel, it was on top of a Native American burial pit. So if you're going to build a hotel excavate a Native American burial ground and then wonder why the place is back crazy haunted mm-hmm. is where we are. And I do remember an investigator seeing there's a very famous incident. This happened several times where you see a floating phantom head coming towards you down one of the corridors. And one of my investigators actually saw that. And I experienced a unique situation where, do you know in Scooby-Doo, where you see someone's teeth chattering together? Yeah. Well, that actually happens. This woman was so scared by seeing this phantom floating head, which I believe to be a Native American because she said it had long black hair and and darker skin. So you could easily imagine that in the basement when they're excavating, the head and the body become detached from one another, skeletally. I'm sure they just dumped the bones in the river, to be honest, back in the day. Um, But she saw this head and her teeth were chattering in her head. That is the gospel truth, I tell you. Fabulous. <laughs> who wants to go? Hands up who wants to go. And what's happening at the St. James Hotel since you're bringing it up? We're doing a paranormal investigation there. there. We're going to sit in the basement waiting for the phantom head to arrive. That's right. I ain't got nobody. We move on to the first round that is ghosts and hauntings. I will start by a fabulous story here that says ghost sightings might just be hallucinations caused by breathing toxic air, say scientists. <laughs> I wonder if this is why many married women see stuff at night. You see what I'm throwing down there? (laughs) (laughs) Fabulous early use of the inappropriate bell. Supernatural reports have long been associated with this sight, but now it seems visions of ghosts might be closely related to something that's smelly. Research being conducted by a university has shown there are possible links between the air quality of a room and the hauntings reported to have been seen there. A team of researchers from Clarkson University in New York said that human experiences reported in many hauntings are similar to mental or neurological symptoms reported by some individuals who have been exposed to toxic mould. So teenagers having a lot of visits by ghosts at night, I'm guessing. From under the bed. (laughs) There's a ghost under the bed. (laughs) It's known that some fungi, like rye ergot fungus, may cause psychosis in humans. This, of course, uh, was a theory that was put forward as the reason for the psychosis that triggered the Salem witch trial. So I don't know if anyone's heard of uh, ergot's disease, but that's something that's been mentioned um, for those particular incidents there in the Salem witch trials at the end of the uh, 17th century there. What I will say... 
I can understand if mold spores cause hallucinations, but what happens when you're in a room and two or three people see the ghost? Are you then having a mass hallucination or is it a ghost, controversially? Do you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. so very well if one person sees it and is being messed around by a hallucinogenic mould. Um, it just makes me think that if more than one person sees that, and a lot of the evidence we get as a team often revolves around uh, infrared cameras and night vision cameras and thermal imaging and so forth, I understand that you could have a neurological issue that causes you to see a ghost, but then what explains the ghost talking to you when you're getting EVPs? Are you hallucinating sounds through the EVPs as well? Or how about when you get scratched? This is also true. So there is some physicality involved that would dispel that. It goes on to say the university's associate professor, Shane Rogers, stated that the links were not yet well established, but notes that many hauntings are associated with prime environments that harbour moulds. Now, this is the important thing to remember. It says here, prime environments that harbour moulds. If I was to say to you now, and listeners at home, can join in if i was to say to you what are the three most stereotypical haunted places if i said to you what are the most haunted places and locations in the world you'd probably say castles graveyards and basements so what do those three things have in common they're the moldiest dampest fungus ridden places you could probably imagine so that's quite interesting i'm now starting to engage and think this is a bit more interesting the teams have had a goal to debunk legends, but to investigate why certain places are perceived to be haunted. Hauntings are often reported in older building structures that may also suffer poor air quality. There was no poor air quality when we were investigating the disused factories, banks and opera houses because the wind is whistling <laughs> through those broken buildings. Something fierce. Similarly, some people have reported depression, anxiety and other effects from exposure to biological pollutants in indoor air. Kim, ever experienced depressions or anxiety after the two of you have been to a Taco Bell? No. Okay, I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> Rogers, who himself is a... I thought we're doing very well to stay away from the area at the moment. It's almost a case of, <laughs> hang on, your grandmother's coming through. Rogers, who himself is a confirmed ghost story fan, is working with a group of undergraduate students to measure air quality in several reportedly haunted places, such as the Remington Art Museum in new york where there is a long history of ghost stories what a fantastic way to start the show i shall give myself a resplendent three for such a fabulous opening three heather what have you got tonight <laughs> in the round of ghosts and hauntings and you may yourself receive a resplendent three if you're funny informative interesting engaging the right subject. The right subject. <laughs> Greg's got points. What are you talking about? Greg's on two. I thought Greg was going to lean in and make us all in this airtight studio suddenly start seeing ghosts and apparitions. So I'm thankful he just chipped in <laughs> with a verbal comment. Police officer claimed shadow figure attacked her, leaving her covered in blood. A police officer in training claims that she was attacked by a ghost. According to a report from About.com on Saturday, the cadet was grabbed and scratched by a shadow figure while working night shift guard duty. Trainee police officer Maria Fernanda claims that she was attacked by a ghost while working guard duty at the police training academy in Buenos Aires, Argentina. The incident took place in a room where the other police cadets have reported paranormal activity. 
Witnesses have reported seeing the ghost of a woman in white covered in blood. There's always a woman in white, isn't there? Or she's in grey, depending whether it's wash day or not. It's always <laughs> the lady in grey or the woman in white. Oh, there's a monk. There's a I'm black sure. monk, isn't there? A monk? There's a monk. There's always a monk. You see the a way monk in white. There's a monk. No, it's a monk in black or a monk in brown. <laughs> monk in brown. <laughs> I don't want to know. Fernanda said that she had heard scratching sounds coming from one of the lecture rooms, and then she called her boss in to check out the room. He didn't see anything unusual, so nice. I went back. Ghost. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll give myself points. You're going to be taking him away because it wasn't mice. Uh, <laughs> Dead mice. He didn't see anything unusual, so he went back to his office, and Fernanda continued her security patrol. After her boss left, she heard the scratches again. Fernanda pulled out her service pistol and went into the room to investigate. How does one shoot a ghost dead? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out myself. I think we should take guns with us on investigations, because what could possibly go wrong in a dark environment where everyone's screaming and running around? No, it should be tasers, because that would be much more fun. Someone's drinking the juice, all the lights are fading in the building. No sooner had my boss gone and I heard the noise again, I pulled my service revolver out and went in and then I saw this black shadow flying across the room towards me. Is it a stereotype that all these crimes are committed by blacks? It's a black shadow. Okay. There's never a white shadow, is there? Do you see what I'm saying? Blue shadow, pink shadow. (laughs) During the week, he was a mild-mannered journalist, but at the night, or the weekend, he was the black shadow. There is Stories the of the Black Museum. Ba, 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 da, ba. No, it wasn't the Black Museum shadow. <laughs> wasn't it? No, there was a specific old radio program called The Shadow, and I loved it, as well as the Black Museum. What a surprise that I don't things. know about 1950s American radio broadcasting. How silly am I? Do continue. <laughs> I want to see the white shadow. I think this is racially slurred. Before I could react, it grabbed me, and I screamed and ran full pelt to the bathroom where I locked myself in. And that's why I'm pregnant, Mom. Oh, I then noticed there was blood on my face, arms, and chest and realized it had scratched me, Fernanda said. Now, I have a question about this. Is this not stereotypically you don't run into a bathroom and lock yourself in? That's like a horror movie gone terribly wrong, isn't it? Because ghosts can't walk through walls, can they? I mean, that would be ridiculous. I wouldn't lock myself in the bathroom. That's ridiculous. Unless it had holy water in the toilets, then you're in with the chance. I'm going to bless this toilet three times and throw some salt in and then we'll flush and the ghost will go That sounds like your Saturday night. I've I've got a story about... (laughs) That chicken was consenting, I tell you. Uh, The scratches can be seen running from the side of Fernanda's face all the way down to her neck. A police training academy spokesperson claimed that this wasn't the first report that has come from that particular room. Another cadet has reported witnessing a black shadow figure in the same room. The black shadow. In one of the bunk beds, she found some blood stains and claw marks. No. (laughs) And others have reported seeing ghostly figures disappear. Let's just read that sentence again and I'll pause. (laughs) And the listeners can make their own jokes up. There's nothing. See, we're doing a really good job when we can make the listener imagine what they're thinking. (laughs) (laughs) so read that again i'll leave a pause the listener will invent their own joke i'll give myself three points and everyone's happy go again you can't have three points i'm in charge in one of the bunk beds she found some blood stains and claw marks and others have reported seeing ghostly figures disappear three points to me (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you, is, listeners. But this is the first time one of our cadets has been physically assaulted. We are looking into it, the spokesperson said. <laughs> what, the toilet? <laughs> no, that was in the bed. Where have you been? You weren't listening to my story I again. thought they'd stolen the seat and had nothing to go on. <laughs> I'm on fire. <laughs> I shall give you three points for allowing me to make such fabulous oh, no. jokes. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? I would like to read to you an article uh, that was advertised on Craigslist and the conversation back and forth between the seller and... Uh, prospective buyer would i regret asking what you're doing trawling through craigslist maybe after the show okay <laughs> she's looking at chests of course she is looking and, and, and greg's looking at chests <laughs> so everyone's happy let's not quibble over a consonant. <laughs> says i have a male ghost for sale he came into my house when i purchased an old wooden chest he is attached there. to the chest the chest comes along with the ghost he is attached to it Whatever room I put the chest in, he hangs around it. If I try to hide the chest, he searches for it and even gets mad if he can't find it for a while. Do you have trouble getting mad if you don't find a chest, Greg, or is that? No, I don't. Okay, another point for Greg's on three. Trouble getting mad, you don't, or trouble finding one? Do you want us to leave the room while you have this discussion? I just... We're not going to go there right now. I told you not to bring up my mother. You get the chest and the ghost for $300, please email Full disclosure, I almost didn't want to post these e emails. That's how heartbroken I am over this. You know the saying, it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Bit of Shakespeare. Well, that does not apply to ghost ownership. It's far better to never know about a ghost for sale than to become aware and get swindled out of a deal anyway the emails. He also added later that, let me find you it. You have a lot on. of paperwork there. I do. There we go. These are his experiences with the ghost. I was in bed one night talking on the phone, and yes, I was talking about the spirit. The phone went dead, and something jumped on me, and I tried to pull away. My ceiling light exploded, and pain shot through my legs. When all was calm, I jumped up to find my legs all bruised and a big red mark across my chest. The spirit is maybe 5 foot 8 to 6 feet tall. You can slow the video down and stop it to see the man's spirit. That's what I did, and I clipped it to see it better. When it enters a room, it comes in a black mist, and then the guy appears out of the mist. He is always wearing black jeans and no shirt. Can't make Ooh. out his head or face ever. I thought he was going to say he wears red and white and carries a big sack. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a beard. Santa? Every year it happens. Without the Easter foul. Bunny. <laughs> the Easter Bunny's got a big sack, has he? <laughs> it's a bit too early for those jokes. Younger looking body, and of course you can see through him. I have a paranormal team that looked at it all, and they are in awe. They are very interested in buying the chest. I will send pics in the email, but videos won't work. Also, I have a video where it came into my bedroom and woke me by moving a cup behind me on the headboard. For fun, I videoed it and played with it. When I stopped videoing the it, cup? it threw the cup at me. Have you ever videoed it and played with it, Greg? <laughs> nope, I haven't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> threw the cup at me, hitting me in the face. In truth, it does make me a little nervous at times. Now, <laughs> the conversation is part of the... This is going backwards and <laughs> forwards on eBay. It is. So someone yes. wants to buy it and they're just asking questions now, are they? Right. So the potential buyer says, hey, saw your ad for your ghost. Couple of quick questions. One, scary or nice, scale or slimer to Vigo. Where would this ghost land? Two, how big is the ghost? My apartment isn't huge. Not trying to get suffocated every day by this ghost. He has to respect my space. Three, does the ghost get along with dogs? <laughs> Four, 
I notice you're in Wisconsin. Is the ghost a Packers fan? Sort of a deal breaker. <laughs> and, no, it's the ghost of the Minnesota Vikings losses over the last 40 years. <laughs> Number five, I'm not going to read out word for word. It's not really appropriate, but it asks about the ghost and nighttime activities. <laughs> oh, I say. Mm-hmm. Death creeping over you. Yes. Terrible. So did he sell it? Well... <laughs> says hi there i can't answer any of your questions if you showed up with a thousand dollars i would not and could not sell to you this is serious i upset it off i upset it once and it hurt me i have picks i have also played around with it and had a little fun i had a video of that sweet jesus if i try to send it off with just anyone it will hurt me i am not a quack and this is for real so someone he's put it on ebay to sell but then says he doesn't want to sell it because once it's gone the ghost will be unhappy with him yes he needs an exorcism so then comes the response from the potential buyer. So the price just went from 300 to to $1,000. I have to admit, I like the way you do business. Now I want the ghost even more. You called my bluff. Can I see the video? How did it hurt you? Do you have any measurements? I'm six foot two and a half, 230 pounds. You seem small. Are you small? Unless this ghost is a giant, I'll put him in a sharpshooter before he can say boo. Let me know. I'm not a quack either, FYI. Potential seller. Or I say potential because of how the story goes. Sure. Hi there. Chest is gone. A paranormal person bought it. It was for real. Buyer. You didn't even give me a chance to counter offer. I'm new to this Craigslist ghost market, but that seems like a faux pas, no? Not saying I'm going to send a different ghost to haunt your house, but if I buy one somewhere else, who's to say what that ghost will do, you know? Maybe he likes Wisconsin and wants to live there. No, I can't believe that. (laughs) Hi, Scott, by the way. (laughs) I'm not going to tell my future ghost what he can and can't do. Something to think about. They've wasted a lot of of time, haven't they, when they could be reading books and learning stuff. You could be exercising, becoming cerebrally more intelligent. You could have learned a new skill. I can't imagine all that time. This is ridiculous. So then he says, oh, and by the way, how much did you sell it for? Also, not for nothing, but black jeans on a ghost makes me think he may, in fact, be gay. That's a bold fashion risk Hang that on a straight second. guys wouldn't usually I'm wearing, take. I'm wearing black <laughs> jeans now. What are you insinuating? For you listeners, that's true. I, why would I make, I've, no, I've no reason to make that up. I'm wearing black jeans at the moment. I just don't see the correlation between, you know, being... <laughs> Being a friend of Dorothy's and wearing black jeans. I well, now we know how to get rid of an old chest. <laughs> you would put it on Craigslist <laughs> or eBay and wait for it to sell. Some people have too much time on their hands. I think um, eBay has banned things like selling ghosts in bottles now, if my memory serves me right. Yeah, we talked about that not too long ago. Remember we did. This ghost is farts true. and all that fun stuff in a bottle? That's right, yes. yes. Putting cotton wool in bottles and selling them as ghost farts. There's money to be made, I tell you. It makes you wonder how you get the fart in the bottle. If it's a ghost, do you squeeze it or wait? Or what's what's the deal with that? Do you tickle its belly just to see? I don't know. I've got a story here. <laughs> there are more questions than answers. That's a fabulous story. I normally forget to give you points, Kim, but you still end up winning. So I'm not quite sure. That just goes to show how bad everyone else is. Greg's on four. Ooh. I know, right? That hasn't happened this year. Kim, I shall give you three for that story. And that brings you to parity with heather this story actually happened um today i read this on the bbc news website but it's also listed in other places it says lizzie bowden's grave site in fall rivers oak grove cemetery is defaced the monument that marks bowden's final resting place was defaced with black and green paint most likely on sunday night 
It is not the first time, said Oak Grove Cemetery director Tony Eaton. I'd like to catch the guys who did it. I like the way he just assumes it's men that would do that. The Bordens, including the infamous Lizzie Borden, her sister Emma, and her father and stepmother, whom she was accused of murdering, are buried in the same plot at Oak Grove Cemetery, a graveyard that dates back to 1855. If she did do that, by the way, wouldn't it be a terrible thing if you then were buried with your victims? The murderer and the victims all buried together in the same plot seems a bit sick to me. I don't know if anyone else thought of that, but I thought, wow, they're not going to rest in peace, are they? If she did it, of course. The cemetery gets so many visitors to the popular Borden plot that it's actually marked from the entrance with white arrows painted on the pavement some years ago. Eaton said the vandalism to the Borden grave may be related to the swelling fascination with Lizzie Borden due to the new Lifetime miniseries that began airing on Sunday night. Eaton said he was filing a report with the Fall River police department he suspects the markings on the borden's monument may be gang related eaton said the monument will be power washed by the end of the week though the cemetery closes at 6 p.m this time of year the low walls do not deter those who wish to get inside the graveyard people are dying to get in apparently <laughs> eaton said it is also possible the vandalism occurred during the day when no one else was around most of the visitors to Lizzie Borden's grave are merely hoping to feel close to the woman accused of bludgeoning her father, Andrew Borden, and stepmother, Abby Borden, with a hatchet on August the 4th, 1892. Her grave marker is often littered with pennies and flowers. The pennies are placed on the graves by some who pay homage to the myth that you must pay the ferryman to cross the river Styx to the land of the dead, and by others who want to be closer to Lizzie Borden or leave a part of themselves behind. On one occasion, they actually found a vial of urine and one of blood and feathers used in a voodoo ritual and a ritual crown placed on top of the obelisk. You know you've had a wild Friday night when you leave urine, blood and feathers in a graveyard. And yes, the chicken was consenting, apparently. <laughs> Do you remember we investigated in Jackson County in southwest Minnesota, the Loon Lake Cemetery? Yes. And there is a woman who's buried there. Her name's uh, Mary Jane Terwilliger. Mm -hmm. And it is alleged, she was 17 when she died, and it was alleged that she was a witch and she got beheaded by the local population in 1880 and she was buried with her decapitated head and the sword in Loon Lake Cemetery. And historically, I proved that to be wrong, of course, which you was unhappy with because I dispelled one of your childhood yes. myths. But she did, in fact, dive diphtheria because I went and found her death certificate online and it took me all of maybe three minutes. The interesting thing is that the Historical Society, which is in Lakefield, Lakefield, Lakefield they actually said that they had to take her gravestone off of the plot in the cemetery and bring it into the historical society because so many teenagers were going out there and defacing and vandalizing the grave exactly like lizzie borden's but on one occasion can you believe they actually went out there and someone had dug a three-foot hole and tried to exhume the body i just find that remarkable you know what would you do i, I just maybe they were of, looking for the sword that's a possibility or a, or, a, or a hatchet in in Actuality, historically, no one has been tried and killed of a witch in this country since uh, 1692. Although there was a case at the beginning of the 19th century of a Native American Indian called Leather Lips, who was actually killed by other natives for practicing witchcraft, but that wasn't done in a court of law, and that had a lot more to do with his beliefs um, 
in giving land to the white man against the wishes of his tribe rather than the fact that he was actually practicing witchcraft but that was the last time a witch was killed in this country so if anyone says to you the witch died over here or died over there it is not true no witches have been killed in this country since 1692 and they certainly didn't have their heads cut off they were hung fabulous points to be had all round i'm now on a resplendent seven and we are of course episode seven we now run into the round that is ufos and cryptozoology it's green beasts and hairy men or is it hairy men and green beasts they're the same <laughs> i wondered if you'd be awake are you gonna start for me seeing you have hairy men there go for it bigfoot cries recorded in oklahoma did you know that i didn't i couldn't hear them i'll have to sleep with the window open you haven't been to oklahoma huh Weren't crying? Weren't crying. <laughs> okay. A researcher last week released an audio file containing what he called a mix of strange, unidentified animal vocalizations. Oh, dear. Have you ever recorded any strange animal vocalizations <laughs> at night, Greg? No, I have not. Right, he's on five. 50-year-old... <laughs> You're second. 50-year-old Randy Savig... A disabled researcher from Missouri told Cryptozoology News that he had been investigating the Bigfoot phenomenon for over three years. When you say he's disabled, he wasn't deaf, was he, by any chance? I'm just saying <laughs> it seemed to be important. For some reason, it was mentioned. <laughs> Savig said last Thursday that he was invited to do some research in an undisclosed area in central Oklahoma when he captured the sounds. The release file uploaded to YouTube and lasting about three moon minutes includes a series... It lasted three moons. Three moons. Me travel many miles, see very enough. <laughs> three moons. Includes a series of apparent animal sounds exhibiting a fluctuation in pitch and volume resembling primate vocalizations. I've got your Native American name. She who dances at party with trousers down. Kim can be <laughs> cotton chips twice. No man chop. <laughs> no man chop. <laughs> These vocals were recorded over a couple of hours time frame. And Ravig, who reportedly used a parabolic microphone to capture the data. What the heck is a parabolic microphone, Greg? Do you have any idea? No. Nope. Okay, no. Okay, he's on six. <laughs> it's these insightful moments that he's on the show for. But according to Savig, the sounds get interesting at the 2 minute 33 mark. So if you go on YouTube, folks. Do we know anyone in Oklahoma who snores loudly after being drunk? <laughs> <laughs> Controversial. I wish they would have done more of these vocals as I found them a strange mix of mournful cries and screams. The Missourian says he mostly works in the studio. Missourian? That's what they called him. Well, it's, it's, it's like Floridian. Do you want me to show it to you? Not personally. All right. <laughs> but that he also takes some videos every now and then. He is dedicated to finding the audible evidence of the existence of the cryptid most researchers refer to as Sasquatch. Fantastic. It's actually a story da -da. Da -da. in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology. That contains cryptozoology. <laughs> Who knew? I shall give you four points. You are now on seven. I'm going to UFOs. It says, is this a UFO? Eerie video shows bizarre black ring hovering over village before vanishing into thin air. Have you seen a large black ring recently, Greg? No, I haven't. Seven points for Greg. Eerie footage of a strange black ring floating in a clear blue sky before vanishing into thin air has sparked UFO rumours among sky watchers. The sinister shape hovers 
ominously above the village of Short Handy near Kazakhstan. It's a nice, I like. It's a oh, sexy that's town. Borat, isn't it? It is indeed. For several minutes, as shocked locals watched in confusion, it then disappeared completely, leaving no trace behind. Residents spotted this mysterious phenomena on Saturday morning. The video has been viewed and shared thousands of times on various sharing sites and all users speculating as to what could have caused the spooky sight. While some are convinced the shape is a UFO and proof of extraterrestrial life, others are slightly more sceptical, saying it could be the result of cigarette smoke. That's someone with a very large wow. mouth. I believe... This has actually been debunked. So what I want to tell you now, you can go and see this. If anyone's interested in any of tonight's stories, if anyone wants to see any of the videos, any of the photographs from tonight's stories, you can go to More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee on Facebook. If you type that in on Facebook, you will see all of our fabulous stories and videos in glorious Technicolor. And this one is on there if you want to look for yourself. But I believe MUFON have uh, actually debunked this because it was, they believe, smoke coming out of an industrial estate in a chimney that's caused a giant smoke ring to kind of go up into the air. Hmm. So I just thought that was very interesting because UFO, of course, doesn't necessarily mean flying saucer. It's just an unidentified flying object. But it's very interesting. So if people wish to see that, they can make their own minds up. And that is on our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? Skylert and Webcams de Mexico picked up a mysterious light on the evening of March 31st, crossing the fumarole generated by the, give me a break on pronouncing this. Has it got some vowels in it this time? Popocatapetl vol Volcano. Go for it again. <laughs> Popocatapetl. What's that strange genie that's just appeared in the corner of the room and says we can have three wishes? <laughs> It appeared at the volcano barely three minutes after an explosion within the crater of the Colossus, which expelled incandescent fragments. Wow. The light covers several meters in an apparently horizontal trajectory in only 15 seconds, judging by the images. At the time, there is no explanation from any authority regarding the phenomenon captured by the cameras near the volcano's slopes. Now, the reason this is important, according to the writer of this article, is because the presence of unknown night lights near Chile's Villarica volcano and now Mexico's volcano should give us food for thought. Are they a sign of an impending mass event along the ring of fire? Well, another ring. There's lots of rings on this show tonight. Yep. Five gold rings. The volcano in Mexico erupted. It was dormant for decades, came to life in 1994 and 1997 with the largest eruption in a thousand years taking place in December 2000. When someone threw Viagra in the top of it. <laughs> <I couldn't. laughs> uh, the massive stratovolcano is also known as Dungoyo. Do you know what that means, Greg? Large no. one. No, Greg's on eight. means Mr. Gregory. Does it really? After Say the word agrin. Agrin? Agrin? <laughs> Say the word agrin. Agrain. <laughs> Heather loses points because she said the word agrain because I said the word agrain. Yeah, laugh it up. You're on six. It is Don Goyle. Don Goyle. Don Goyle. Don Goyle. Have you got the Don Goyle for my computer? Uh, Don Goyle, Mr. Gregory. <laughs> Mr. After the Gregory. supposed manifestation of a bearded entity that called itself <laughs> Gregario Chino Manifestation, the volcano's tutelary spirit. 
Many claim have, having seen this spirit and the volcano is honored with festivities on the 12th of March, the birthday of St. Gregory the Great. Wow. Do we, know what, do we know what Gregory means? I told you enough times, Greg. Show number one. Show number one. Yes, yeah, show number one two years ago. I yeah. told you that. It was a watchtower, wasn't it? A watch, a lookout post, a watchtower, if my memory serves me right. I don't remember, but it sounds good. Uh, this is true, I tell you. <laughs> if you say it with an English accent, they'll believe you. You've got another story, have you? You're I trying to get, get some, some more points. You back. want to get some more points. Is this cryptozoology? Kind of. Okay, go for it. Greg's winning this game. Do you know that? And he's not read a story out. Lamb born with a human-like face. Oh, no. Yeah. I couldn't eat it. Not all at once. Oh, an odd occurrence took place earlier this week. A lamb with a human face was born in a village near Russia. And while this little guy may Chernobyl. look creepy, <laughs> the owner is in love. Oh, oh, geez. And despite high-priced offers from circuses to buy the animal, he has decided to keep it. The lamb was born in the village of Shurka and be belongs to a 45-year-old farmer named Blasius Lavritinov. You're a shirker. You don't do any work. Don't research. <laughs> you don't give. Don't after, get any of the stories out. After a challenging winter, uh, he well, was had pleased. a challenging winter. They ought to live in Minnesota. <laughs> I tell you. He was pleased to find out that he had a sheep close to giving birth. However, what came out sent him into shock. Especially when the head came out first, and it looked like his mother. Oh, it's really sad. I brought pictures. Oh, don't make me sad. I was enjoying my night. You want to see him? Well, that's really useful for the listeners, isn't I it? Know, Let's show a photograph to everyone. You're good with words, so you can describe it so they can feel like they're here. Well, go on, then. Let's see the lamb. That looks like an old man with a big nose. That is quite grim. It he's is. gurning like he's got no teeth. And I mean, there's his little tongue. Do you see it? Oh, for the love of... Yes, that's not see good. His, his nose looks like that character of the... Um, oh, I can't think of the names. Well, I'll the give you 10 Jimmy minutes. Jimmy Durante? One of, the, one of the hobbits. Yes. I'm, one of the hobbits, like an orc yeah. or something. I'm going really old by saying Jimmy Durante. <laughs> no one around this table has a clue what you're talking about. Somebody help. It makes me wonder what old man was doing with a sheep nine months ago. I don't know. Doesn't that make you worry? Yes. Well, It's a concern, isn't it? He's got his dad's nose. Is it nine nose. months ago, though, with a sheep? I, I'm just making that up. I, I can't. I, I'll have to get the sheep on and we'll interview it for next week's show. A local veterinarian has offered one possible cause for the deformity, stating that the excess of vitamin A in the mother's diet could be to blame. But Or a randy drunk old man happened to stumble into a field nine months ago. If, if you look at um, the picture, Adrian, he looked at it, but he didn't really describe it. I told it. you, it looked like an old man with a big nose. With his it, it does. It, it's like the whole upper, what would you call it, cleft is gone. Yeah. Face, I think we call kind that in of. Britain. I'm uh, just saying. <laughs> the upper muzzle seems like it's gone, so his nose is bent down. It's very... If people wish to see wow. what it looks like in Russia... Oh, poor little guy. When a randy old so man cute. stumbles alcoholically into a field full of sheep, they're more than welcome to do so if they visit our website, He's if they visit cute. our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian. He's are you going to keep going with that? But he's cute. Yes, it is. I shall give you two points. You are now on eight i see you slipped a story in there to give yourself more points i was trying i'm going to go back to ufos former nasa expert claims he saw a nine-foot alien on space shuttle during mission the ufo conspiracy theorist who claims to have a nasa engineering degree 
For 35 years, insists the story of supersized humanoid making contact with colleagues is actually true. Clark McClelland, who says he worked with NASA as an aerospace engineer for 35 years, from 1958 to 1992, maintains the truth of his story, currently doing the rounds on paranormal websites, radio stations and YouTube channels. Do you know any paranormal radio stations or radio shows? Great. No, I can't think of any. <laughs> nope. At a loss. McClellan, who has been dismissed as delusional and never actually having worked for NASA by skeptics, claims to have observed an eight to nine feet alien. McClellan gives a testimony of the sighting in a video on conspiracy website Paranormal Crucible, which has produced mock-up images of the plus-sized entity interacting with NASA astronauts in a bay of the shuttle as while he was allegedly monitoring it from the Kennedy Space Center in Cape Canaveral, Florida. He also claims to have seen it on another occasion um, as a UFO near the rear of the shuttle. Fellow UFO chasers have seized on his allegations as some of the most conclusive evidence for a long time on theories that the US government has made contact with alien life forms but is determined to keep them secret from the public at large. Large being nearly nine foot in height. <laughs> what? Height. If a woman astronaut would have seen that, she said it would have only been three foot tall. We are now... Running into the ad breaks. For more informative <laughs> paranormal madness, please stay tuned after these short messages from our sponsors. The Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group meets bi-monthly to discuss all things paranormal. The group's primary focus is on the topic of UFOs, but they also delve into alien abductions, cryptozoology, bookfoot, crop circles and ghosts. Come with an open mind and be prepared to discover the who, what, when, where and why and how of these phenomena. Meetings are from 7 to 9 p.m. Central Time in the Banquet Room of the American Legion Club in Wake Park, Minnesota. For more information, visit their website, lapig.org. For people who believe that standing in a cold, dark basement in the middle of the night for hours on end is perfectly normal. The Minnesota chapter of the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, meets the second Saturday of every month at the New Brighton Community Centre, New Brighton, Minnesota. Meetings are from 2 to 5 p.m. Central and include investigation reports, open mic, book reviews, videos and guest speakers. Everyone with an interest in UFOs is welcome to attend. For anyone who's experienced a UFO sighting or knows someone who has, this is the place to be. Meeting agendas, driving directions and tons of UFO information can be found at mnmufon.org. If you or your business would like to sponsor the show and contribute to the beast that is more questions than answers, you are more than welcome to contact me. You are listening to more questions than answers, which makes you very lucky, well-informed individuals of markably good taste. I nearly got it right. <laughs> well done. And high fives all around the room. Don't tell my mum and dad what I do. In the lyrics and the words of the reggae legend, that is Johnny Nash, there are indeed more questions than answers. And the more I find out, the less I know. Which means I'm probably less intelligent than when the show started. I'm your host, Adrian Lee. Famous for being banned in Lithuania and for the annoying inability to not be able to say anything on air. <laughs> Abominable snowman. <laughs> Welcome back for the second part of tonight's show. 
If you have just joined us, then where have you been? And what could have been more important? If you have stayed with me, then let me raise your spirits further by saying that we still have 50% of the show still left to go. Hurrah and a happy dance all around the bedroom. High fives all round. Remember, you can contact the show at any time via our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee, where all of tonight's stories and much, much more can be found in glorious Technicolor for your perusal, including all the photographs and videos that accompany our stories, including an old man's face on a lamb. You can also write to me and send me stories at mqta at rocketmail.com and at my Twitter account, Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips where we have 43,000 followers on there if you wish to join the excitement and the interesting articles and stories that appear on there. I've now been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies. I have fresh flashlight batteries and my mother has now thankfully stopped snoring from the room next door so onwards we march. Greg is currently on eight points. He's tied for the lead with Heather who is also on eight. Adrian is on seven and Kim... <laughs> is on three what's funny about that sorry. talking about myself in the third person <laughs> right. adrian looks slightly annoyed as he suddenly realized in his black was, jeans in his, leave my black jeans alone how dare you madam oh don't be suspiteful that's mm. atrocious we're in the round that is strange and bizarre it's the stories of the strange and the bizarre from around the world that can't be put in any other category but are too fantastic and fabulous not to read out so what have you got for me tonight heather for laughing in the round of the strange and the bizarre researchers create eye drops that let you see in the dark that's fantastic if only i could find my eye drops oh. <laughs> <laughs> imagine you open the bedside cabinet and there's this glow in the darkness as you're looking for your eye drops wouldn't you leave a trowel if you was hansel and gretel okay and you were being taken out into the woods if they would have used eye drops that glowed in the dark, they wouldn't have got lost. They went with breadcrumbs. It, no, it's not the glow in the dark. It lets you see in the dark. Okay. Didn't I say that? Did I say see in the dark? Yes, you did. Craig's oh. on minus three. <laughs> <laughs> A team of California scientists, or biohackers as they call themselves, Claim to have discovered a way for people to achieve night vision. Night vision, night vision. <laughs> we know how to use it. Without the use of special goggles. That's, That's good, right? They recently conducted an experiment called Science for the Masses, in which they injected a volunteer's eyes with a special liquid solution. I'll do it, I'll do it. Inject my eyes. You just want to <laughs> see people in the dark, don't you? I want to be able to find things. <laughs> <laughs> controversial um after receiving the ejection the volunteer what? the injections <laughs> okay the volunteer researcher gabriel lucina i can't see could supposedly see up to a distance of 50 meters in almost total darkness which is pretty impressive i can't actually. see that in the daylight <laughs> uh he could spot people running amongst the trees in dark conditions Monkeys. in comparison some people who weren't treated with the solution did not fare as well the mystifying solution apparently contains a substance called chlorine E6, which is found in some deep sea fish. It is a light amplification property and also has been used in cancer treatment research. By combining CE6 with insulin and saline, the team was able to produce a solution that can improve vision in the dark. 
Fantastic. Yeah. I know they've got drops you can put on your tongue and it makes everything taste of lemon sherbet. It's true. You could eat anything and it just Are we going to have the sherbet discussion again? There was no discussion. I'm right. <laughs> There's no, there is no discussion. <laughs> Sherbet's just a flavor of ice cream. It's not actually the ice cream, I tell you. This is we've had this before. We went on Wikipedia, the font of all knowledge, and we were proved to be correct. I think we're gonna have to agree to disagree. And I'm doing all the points and scoring. <laughs> I've got a story here that says body falls out of coffin during a funeral procession. <laughs> a procession. Oh, yeah, that's a good. Possession. As shocked mourners watch in horror. Mourners at a funeral procession were left horrified after a body fell out of a coffin when the bottom of the coffin gave way. The ceremony taking place in the rural village in Indonesia was brought to a shocking halt when the body of the deceased appeared to drop through the coffin in which it was encased. Dead weight. Wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> You've ruined my punchline. <laughs> That's not true. Wrapped fully in white cloth, the body falls onto the road as pallbearers carry the coffin past a street lined with grieving friends and relatives. But rather than stop to recover the body, the coffin bearers continue walking, <laughs> unaware of their awful mishap. Did that one of them suddenly think, hang on a second, this coffin's got really light? I'm just saying, you'd think, hang on, I must be getting stronger. I'm getting used to it. I'm getting the muscles built up. Onlookers rushed to rescue the body from the middle of the road as the crowd shrieked in horror. Imagine if he fell through the coffin and disappeared down a manhole. That would be like playing golf with dead bodies, wouldn't it? Oh, I think wow. we should introduce dead body golf. That's a what? hole in one. The body falls out, goes straight down a manhole and disappears. The body was quickly placed back in the coffin before the funeral procession <laughs> then <laughs> continued. So it is, in fact, possible that you can actually drop dead twice. <laughs> I love it. I have to say one thing. I saw your story. Just one. And I saw a picture of it. And one of the things I have to say You've about it... You've been spying it, on my stories. No, I just saw a picture of okay. the same story. And there were the people that were coming up from the sidelines... And it looked like they were hailing a cab, yeah. raising Hang their on, hand. Yeah. <laughs> Mister, Mister Paul Bearer, excuse me, your body's back there, mate. It's gone. It's, it's back there. That's You've left right. it behind, like a bag of laundry. That's right. And it was wrapped in white like that, wasn't it? It was. It was all wrapped in white, yes. And yes. Uh, it didn't disappear down a manhole cover. No. But that would have been funny. We could have a game of dead person golf. <laughs> Good times. How to be useful when you're dead. I'll take the three iron on this one. It's a bit of a dog's leg. Oh. It's true, I tell you. Kim, what have you got for me tonight? And you're behind. You're last at the moment. What have you got? That's because I've forgotten to give you points more than anything. What have you got tonight in the round that is strange and bizarre? I'm going to go back to Mexico. Again? Shocking Mexican drinking game has people electrocuting themselves for fun. Torx, an increasingly popular Mexican drinking game, is both literally and figuratively shocking. <laughs> Played among friends who want to affirm their macho status, the bizarre game involves participants electrocuting <laughs> themselves while drinking to see how much they can handle. The drunker people get, the more voltage they can generally handle. Said Xavier Rodriguez, who conducts the game in Mexico City's Condesa neighborhood. 
I've seen partygoers pass out after 100 volts, although it usually has something to do with what they've been drinking. Jeez. What is 100 volts, Greg? But it's like For one like volt, a, but times 100. Oh, pff, uh, like electric fence. What is that typically? It's the amps, oh, though, isn't it, rather yeah. than the voltage? The volts are, we're, we're 110 volts here, 110 to 120, what you plug into the wall. Really? That's why yes. when I take my electrical devices over to Britain and it's 220 volts, it takes an hour for the smile to be wiped off my face. <laughs> I discovered that the hard way. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a long-standing tradition here in Mexico, Xavier revealed. I've been hired to offer the game at private events, weddings, funerals, sweet 16 birthday parties. Funerals. Town Funerals? fairs, political dinners, I swear and pretty he much twitched. everything. He twitched then, I swear. Uncle George twitched. Do you put it in the dead guy's hand? It <laughs> doesn't say. I couldn't believe when, it. When have you put it in the dead man's things. hand? Isn't the dead man's hand two aces and two eights? Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm trying to think. It's a, it's aces and eights. Aces but it, and eights. It'd be three eights. Right? I have no idea. We'll Two look that up. three eights or it's vice versa. Dead man's it. grip is when you're on That's the toilet. That's a full house. But it's aces and eights. Yes, it is aces and eights, but I don't know how many of each. We'll look that up for everyone. Dead man's hand. Not to be confused okay. with dead man's grip, which is when you're on the toilet and you can't, you know. Don't know. Kim, what else have you, you got there? <laughs> <laughs> when played the traditional way, holding a metal handle in either, either hand, the game starts slowly with a tingling sensation at 20 volts. Isn't that always the way? The current passes along the forearms, up through the armpits, and across the upper back. The intensity of the shock increases as the dial is turned up towards the 120-volt limit. When the charge reaches 60 volts, the wrists begin to bend inwards under the force of the current. The hands become completely paralyzed above 80 volts, so the player cannot let go of the circuit even if they wanted to. It's very rare for players to go over 85 volts. <laughs> <laughs> the game stops when the player asks or screams for it to end. Wow. This is followed by a round of restorative tequila shots, which are served no matter how drunk the players are. Jesus, sounds like my love life. Someone has to plead <laughs> to stop, and then it ends up with everyone having a stiff drink. We move into our final round. That is not for your mother. This is the round where if there's someone in the room of a delicate disposition like your mother, it would be very advisable at this time to remove her, to send her off to bed with a nice hot cup of chocolate and a nice book to read because any minors in the room also need to be removed. This is the round of innuendo of those stories of the week that we have to wait to the very end. Otherwise, we get removed from air and that's the last thing we want to do. So, Heather, you are currently tied in second place on eight points. The round of Not For Your Mother. What have you got? I dread to think what you're going to dredge up for us this week. Woman sells $40 birth placenta smoothies. Oh, placenta smoothies. Sounds good, right? Like gritty, wouldn't it? That would kind of it'd be brown. Wouldn't it be like a liver smoothie or a. I don't know. It's gross. Laden with protein and iron and zinc. Apparently, um, if you found our post about bodybuilders consuming breast milk, hard to stomach, wait till you hear about this woman in England. Oh, it's always in England. Is this like a Dairy Who Queen? Puts it I in want her the placenta smoothies. blizzard, please. Yeah, what she does, she makes controversial birth placenta smoothies in her own kitchen and I then thought, sells them to mothers for twenty-five pounds or thirty-eight dollars each. So the mothers are she's buying them off of mothers. Apparently, the mothers are. I'll paraphrase some of this for you. Are that'd be kind. Are giving birth. <laughs> 
she's taking their frozen placentas after they've given birth. Uh, they put them on ice. They give them to her. She takes them home. She chops them up, shaves them, dehydrates them, dries them. You need to shave them. your placenta, do you? Uh, <laughs> what? Maybe. <laughs> I was so ugly when I was born that they thought I was twins because of the placenta. That's the God's honest truth. My dad said <laughs> I look like a monkey. <laughs> I swear. You still do. He, he said if I was a girl, he'd have called me a day because he took one look at me and said, I think I'll call that a day. Shocking. It's true, I tell you. He, if we had him on I'm the phone now. Ask him if we I should ever wake see him, him up at four o'clock in the morning in Britain. That'd be a very random phone call, wouldn't it? But like, <laughs> my dad had answered the phone. Hello? And I'd say, Dad, we're live on air in America. Did I look like a monkey when I was born? And he'd say, Yes, you did. And I'd go, Thank you very much. Click. I'd wake him up at four o'clock in the morning. We should do that one day. I want to do that. We should call him. We should randomly call my parents. If this show that goes would out be at 10, hilarious. that's four o'clock. In the morning in Britain, and we'll wake him up, and we'll see what happens. Oh, can we? They'll be swearing, and that you won't. And I'll have to translate as well because it'll all be in East London. And we'll of. make him say "squirrel" and "abominable." Yes, it'll be four o'clock in the morning. The phone will ring. My dad will think there's some sort of emergency. Go what? 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 And I'll say, "Say squirrel," and he'll go "squirrel." Click. <laughs> Game on. We'll do that. We'll set that up for all April right. Fool's Day all next right. year. All right. What if they're listening? Now they'll know. My parents don't listen to what I do. I'm a constant <laughs> disappointment to them. What are you thinking? Um, apparently, this lady from um, Wiltshire Oh, Wiltshire. Well, that doesn't surprise me. That's where Stonehenge Southwest is. Southwest England, yeah. yeah. Um, she sells these placenta capsules as well at £150 or $224 a batch. Sounds like a Ford car, doesn't it? The placenta capsule. She I had a V8. Her most talked about creation is the smoothie that actually contains a fist-sized chunk of chilled placenta blended with berries. A fish size? Yeah, a fish size. A fish size. She's giving <laughs> birth to a trout. Blended with berries and Quick. bananas. A salmon fell out. Oh, it was, this is just disgusting and disturbing. But you're going to carry time. on reading it nevertheless. Uh, yeah. The placenta is basically washed, sliced up, well, I don't and want dehydrated. A before being ground into powder and put into capsules for mum to take and only the mum. Sorry, dads, you can't have any. I do the smoothies as well, but they're not as popular. Greg, would you eat anything that had fallen out of a woman's lady parts? I don't think so. Nine points. <laughs> <I'd> say- <laughs> don't think the word think in that sentence. Does that mean if we come back live on air next week, you've had time to think about it and come up with a list? I don't think so. Greg's on ten. <laughs> um... What uh, she has also said, or one of these ladies has said, you can—you honestly can't taste the placenta. All oh, the moms I still point in having it then. It's the taste of placenta that I want. All the moms tell me it just tastes like fruit. and it's Fruit? <laughs> what fruit are they eating that comes out of a woman's lady parts? <laughs> it's the fruit of life. It's the fruit of the loom. <laughs> it was actually for the benefit of our listeners, all that banging around is that Heather's actually gesticulating. The and fruit of when life. When she said the fruit of life... She kind of opened up her arms like Jesus. Yeah, very, Jesus. My own personal. Jesus. <laughs> we must not drink before we start a show. We'll have to write. We need new rules. No drinking before the show. Oh, yeah. Or placenta smoothies. Can you get a straw in it? The placenta? <laughs> Can't you just take it from sauce? Excuse me, madam. I'm just going to introduce a straw. <laughs> 
Cheeky. Oh, that's terrible. Are we done or is there more grossness? Um, well, no. I'll just tell you that she says that the placenta is full of iron, stem cells, and hormones. We'd have and, to tell him something. And it is reputed to help with the milk production and postnatal depression, which is why women are taking it. So. You have to rub it in, do you? I'm going to rub in a smoothie to help in, milk in production. In my placenta? Oh, this is just wrong. Thank you for ruining the evening. You've left a really nasty, bitter taste uh, in my know, mouth. You know, I have watched your program in the past. <coughs> Go on, you've watched a program in the past, just the one. Yes, and it actually had to do with women would have placenta parties after they had the baby and bring everybody over. And they'd match shoes to the placenta? No, they'd fry it up like steak. Oh, what's wrong with people? I don't know. I saw it on a documentary. It was disgusting. I'd rather hear about you watching the movies that involve poles and holes. There's just <laughs> well, we know you have those because we've inter- we've come over unannounced and seen it. I um I find it remarkable. There was a story about a woman that made a rice pudding out of her expressed breast milk and then gave it to a next door neighbour, thinking they would want that. That's like me saying, "Hang on a second, I'll knock you up a spunk sandwich and you can have that as well." Oh, that's but disgusting. I know the whole thing's very very odd. Kim, what have you got for <laughs> us tonight in the round of not for your mother? A story that took place today. Okay. And was only about two hours away from here. Wow. $70,000 worth of frozen bull semen stolen from Minnesota farm. That that bull must have been really, really pent up and unhappy, mustn't he? I mean, that must have been, <laughs> he must have gone without physical activity for the longest time. Do you not think? That's an awful Have-to. lot of bulls kind of love beans. milk. Beans. Beans. We'll go, let's go with the word beans. Bull beans. Bull beans. <laughs> <laughs> You've got ball beans on your jumper. What's wrong with you? Uh, Leroy, Minnesota. Authorities in Minnesota said a stolen canister akin to a milk jug was filled with something far more unusual, $70,000 worth of bull semen. Oh, I thought $70,000 would be like a big bath. I didn't realize it was a small canister. I was so thinking, how much is that an ounce? I don't know. It's more than a mouthful. I know that much. Oh, <laughs> It's when you milk a ball and get a pint. I just, when you said $70,000 worth of ball beans, I just assumed that would be like a tanker pulling up, like a milk tanker. Was there a prize steer or something? It doesn't say. Um, Mauer County Sheriff's Office. Oh. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Trey gets more points. (laughs) What, for realising that a steer wouldn't produce ball Ball beans? beans. (laughs) Greg's on 11. That's more than any of us have ever scored in the history of the game and he's not even reading stories Except for that one time you cheated. That is true. I did cheat and get 36 points once. Yeah, you got points off of me. Yes, 36 (laughs) glorious points. You've got a memory like an elephant. What's wrong with you? That was like two years. I just threw that out there. (laughs) Because we all know that it's happened, right? Are we going anywhere else with the ball beans? Is there more? Leroy, Um, you're right, is in the east, southeast of Minnesota. We've investigated at the Suites Hotel in Leroy. I mean, it's literally a a street with a couple of buildings in it. It's nothing, you know. Uh, Just that it was a... um, Are they looking for It was the only item stolen, so whoever stole it probably knew that it was there to begin with. Are they looking for a hardened criminal? Yeah. (laughs) It works. If if you've seen... $70,000 $70,000 worth of ball beans, then uh, <laughs> you need to call the helpline. How do you how do you identify them in a lineup? I think, <laughs> can you imagine putting it in the fridge but not telling your wife and then her saying, I think this milk's on the turn. Oh. The first lump was the worst, then the rest went down in all, no, <laughs> controversial. <laughs> That's like drinking a spittoon, isn't it? Cottage I mean, once cheese. you've started, the whole lot's got to go down. Do you know oh. what I'm saying? 
Have you ever had bad milk? <laughs> I've had bad milk. I do remember. I'm sure this has happened to everyone. I do remember once waking up in the middle of the night with a dreadful thirst, stumbling in the darkness because I didn't have my eye drops in, all the way to the fridge in the middle of the summer on a hot, sticky summer's British night and taking a big swig of milk out of the carton and then feeling it moving around on my teeth. (laughs) (laughs) And then you spit it into the sink and have to push the lumps down with your finger. And then you put the curtain back and in the fridge. And then you put the curtain back in the fridge. <laughs> I don't want my dad to go without his cornflakes in the morning. <laughs> We're going to finish the show before we get taken off the air with a story that says man dies during sex with a scarecrow. He dressed in lipstick and a long-haired wig. You ever slept with a scarecrow? Not recently. <laughs> Why did you ask me well, that? He's only woke up with a few. <laughs> <laughs> God almighty, my mum comes into the room and wonder why I've got straw all over the covers. Adrian, what's all this straw all over the floor? Don't come in, mum. Don't come in. I'm trying to tidy up all the straw. You can see how that... I love the fact you could have, like, Scarecrow Monthly. We have a big double-page spread where there's, like, a close-up of the straw. (laughs) A man was dressed... Sorry, a man was found dead in his home after having sex with a scarecrow that he had dressed up in a wig, lipstick, and a strap-on toy. So now you can have sex and still scare away the birds. Why the rotting would the, b- hold on. Why would the scarecrow need a strap-on toy? I just think that uh, he was batting on both sides. Oh, So I, I think he wanted, what he wanted was a transgender scarecrow is where we are. That's a specialty That's a market. Specialism. <laughs> <laughs> They're my website for transgender scarecrows. You know there's one out there, right? The rotting remains of Jose Alberto were discovered in his home after neighbours reported a foul smell coming from the building. Police forced their way into the home in San Jose de Balca in Argentina and were Again? stunned to discover the 58-year-old shepherd lying dead. This is the man who fathered the... Uh, the sheep with the man's face. Next to him lay a scarecrow that had been dressed up as a woman. At least it was a woman dressed up. I mean, nothing odd about that. But wearing a strap-on sex toy. Rodolfo More, a spokesman for the prosecutor, said, I initially thought that there were two bodies, but then I realised one was a scarecrow wearing lipstick and a long-haired wig. While this is taking place, some poor farmer's getting all these seeds pecked out of his field. You know that. They never think of the victims of these crimes, do they? There were no signs of violence. And we are working. Really? No. <laughs> I didn't realise there was a law for violence against scarecrows. But we're working on the assumption that the man died during sex with the scarecrow. So it's been a really physical activity that really took him over the edge there. Straw had been stuffed inside the old clothes. I don't want to know where it was stuffed. <laughs> had been sewn together to make a scarecrow. We are now waiting for the results of an autopsy death by being stuffed by straw would be my guess oh they i think they mean the man (laughs) neighbors said the man who was known to live alone what a surprise was often seen as a loner that's normally a prerequisite of uh, being on your own to be fair i've seen the scarecrow and uh, she was dressed like she was asking for it (laughs) (laughs) apparently the scarecrow has refused to comment but other locals said that she was outstanding in her field. (laughs) Apparently the man had cheated on the scarecrow as well, apparently, and the uh, Tin Man and the Lion have refused to come forward and admit to that. 
Well, oh, all good God. things must come to an end. Thank you. So let us look at tonight's scores. <laughs> I like the way you're bowing your head as if you're praying for the show to end. If your stories weren't so long, we'd have finished 20 minutes ago. What? <sighs> In last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery, it's Kim on seven points. In third place, it's Heather on eight. I'm second place on nine. Greg, for the first time in living history, without having read a single story, has won with 11 points and takes home the $33,000 IR camera. Do not fear, listeners. Remember, I am back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre, and just plain weird. Transgender scarecrows do not get any weirder. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail.com. You can also follow my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And we have 43,000 followers on there, so it'd be fabulous if you can join the fun and merriment. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Shaton Drainer, Kim and Greg Gore, and all at the International Paranormal Society at intparanormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening. And remember, be interested and interesting. Good night. <laughs>